Hello, friend. Welcome to the DDP for the fifth day of January. I'm Paul White. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for your prayers and your support. We appreciate each and every listener. We are so honored that you make us a part of your day. Let's waste none of your time today. Let's jump into the Word. We're in Genesis chapter 18. We're looking at the journey of Abraham, but specifically on this podcast, I want to look at the moment when God visits Abraham. Yesterday, we pointed out that there's an uh, an allusion to the Trinity. Um, it's more than just an illusory look. It's I, I think it's pretty blatant that God, who appears as Jehovah, appears as three men. But I want to point out something else about God's appearing, at least in terms of the literature. Look at verse 1. The Lord appeared to him, capital L, capital R, O, capital R, capital D, all caps, Lord, is an indication in the English that we are using a different Hebrew word. And I want to show you a comparison. Look at the word Lord in verse 1, where the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees. And look at Abraham's response in verse 3, my Lord, if I've now found favor in your sight. One is in all caps, the other has a capital L only. The all caps version is from the Hebrew word Jehovah. Jehovah is the proper name given to God as covenantal keeper by the people of Israel. So when they referred to Jehovah, they are referring to God in covenantal language. There's no other God or Lord who ever receives the title Jehovah. That is only the God of Israel. However, the word that Abraham uses in verse 3, and don't think that this is incidental. This is most definitely important to the understanding of this story. The, The word Abraham uses, Lord, is the word Adonai. And it is the word that is often used of God, but not God exclusively. It is used of any Lord, any ruler of high regard or high respect. It, it's probably bigger than sir, but it's somewhat like sir. It's probably a little closer to your majesty. It could be used of any leader, but it is not always used only of God or only of man. In Abraham's case, in verse 3, he uses it because I think this is what the text is trying to show us. He's not entirely sure who's standing in front of him. He does not say, my Jehovah. And why I bring this up as a, a note of importance is because what's happening in the 18th chapter of Genesis is God is visiting Abraham, and we won't learn this till later in the chapter, but he's visiting Abraham because he has heard of the terrible condition of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he tells Abraham a little later in this chapter that he is going to go down and and see for himself. That's down in verse 20, 21. We'll get to that in a few days. And 
his stop, his stop off with Abraham, most of the time, all we really talk about is that God tells Abraham so that Abraham can be an intercessory prayer partner. And then Abraham starts praying for Sodom. And you know, he prays, Lord, if there's 50, if there's 45, if there's 40, and we'll get into that. But that's usually all we do with this story. And I think we're missing something important. And I think the first hint that we're missing something important is the fact that the text introduces God as Jehovah, but Abraham sees him as Adonai. He doesn't recognize who he's talking to because God's never appeared to him as a man before, much less as three men. Why is that important? Because God is going to go down to Sodom to see for himself what condition Sodom is in. But I think verse 5 is the very reason why God stops off at Abraham's place first. Because God wants to see how Abraham will treat the stranger. And how does Abraham treat the stranger? This is why I said it's important that you, you realize that Abraham doesn't know this is God. Because if he knew it was God, of course he would be reverential and deferential and charitable and give praise and whatever he had. Of course he would, because he would recognize him as his God. But the fact that he calls him Adonai means he doesn't really know who he's dealing with. He just treats the stranger as if he matters. Think about it. You're sitting in your, in, on your front porch and someone walks up to your house. You don't automatically give them respect. You go, well, we live in a world where you, you better be careful giving people respect. And I get it. But I, it, it might only accent my point. Look how difficult it is for us to land on a proper treatment of the stranger. And yet Abraham, not knowing who he's dealing with, gives of himself. And there's a blessing that comes into this. Why, why I think this is important is because, A, God is ultimately going to go down to Sodom to see how they treat the stranger. And B, this becomes the entire message of Jesus, which is how you treat your neighbor and what you do with them. And the great crime, I think, and we're going to say more of this in the next week, but the great crime of Sodom has less to do with what we often think it does. We'll talk about that, but maybe more to do with the fact that when the angels do visit Sodom, they aren't treated in any way like God is treated when he visits Abraham. And so if you want to get to the heart of God, note how the stranger is treated. And so Abraham's reference to, my Lord, if I found favor in your sight, don't pass by. Please let a little water be brought. Wash your feet. Rest yourselves under the tree. I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. And after you pass by, inasmuch as you've come to your servant, they said, do as you have said. That is the charity that God was look, hoping to find in Sodom. He knew he wouldn't. It's what he was hoping to find in Sodom. So what happens is Abraham and Sarah make food. They take a calf. They prepare it. They give butter and milk. They give them a feast and they don't even know them. And this is going to begin to be revealed uh, as to what's going on in this story as he fellowships with them. I think this is an important thing for us to dwell on today is we're going to encounter people for whom we have no past, with whom we have no past, and for whom we may have no particular affection. But 
What we do in the face of the unknown and the stranger is vital in the presentation of the gospel. There's going to be a lot more we're going to work on with this, and we're just going to jump right on up into uh, this intercession in the next few days. See you then. God bless.